Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. We're going to go through. Montana State and Montana and where we're at, especially when they have the same team that they are playing in consecutive weeks. Montana State falling last week. What's going to happen this weekend? Well, of course, we don't know, uh, but we can assess a little bit of that stuff and what we think is going to happen and uh, how this is coloring our perception of both these teams. I think there's a couple things to get into there. It is also, boys and girls, a Wednesday. We're going to give you wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern. Got some trivia questions for you, so we'll get those uh, on the board and uh, and uh, send you over to the Desperado for some wings today. Uh, we got to get into this Jalen Ramsey trade. This is uh, this is an interesting thing. It's obviously a big trade within the context of of both the, the Jaguars and the Rams, but also where you at in, in with an NFL team and what they're trying to do in the landscape of the NFL. If that's the right way to go about it. Next hour, we will of course have another wing at Wednesday and our ESPN roundtable, which we do every Wednesday on the show. It'll be on ESPN Radio again tomorrow and afternoon. Sacramento State defensive coordinator Andy Thompson. Andy Thompson, a longtime coordinator for Jerome Sowers at Northern Arizona. He was, of course, a football player for the University of Montana. In fact, his senior year was Bobby Houck's first year as the head coach uh, at the University of Montana. So we got a lot of great stuff from him talking about the days playing for the University of Montana, going around the Big Sky Conference, and obviously uh, the the just jumping onto the scene that Sacramento State has been uh, this season under uh, Troy Taylor in his first year, and obviously Andy Thompson his first year there. Uh, so there you go. That's what we got in the show today uh, at the uh, show Outlook. That's what it is. Intro, Outlook, all that stuff. Brought to us by MissoulaGutterCleaning.com. MissoulaGutterCleaning.com. Go online, get an estimate. They're the most fun, most insured, best company you can find for it online. MissoulaGutterCleaning.com. 
Coulter, welcome back in. You uh, had gone down, cruised down to practice, talked to uh, Coach How quickly came back in over here. Nice day out there in the world. My goodness. Not that we'd know. Spending uh, nine hours in, uh, you know, a windowless hovel inferno in front of these microphones. But for the good folks out there, like today's the day you did want to have the construction job. You know what I mean? Go out there, hold the stop and slow sign, dig a ditch, whatever it is. Perfect. You're pretty lucky I came back. As I was walking out, Coach Alk was like, why don't you go stay? I said, I don't know, I got to go to a radio show. Should have just stayed. Should have stayed, man. I mean, you get the invite. They were in the stadium today, too, which actually means that it's actually, like, hot. Yeah. So it's always about 10 degrees hotter on the turf. So on that grass. And my car says 68, so that means on the grass, you're talking in the high 70s. Yeah. That's... So it's like Bobby said, you this is to. good because this is the weather we're going to be playing yeah. in California no on doubt. Saturday. So it's actually uh, random and coincidental acclimation for the Grizzlies. Um, hey, before we get into this, we want to also let everybody know we're excited about this. But next week, we are starting a giveaway that we're uh, pumped up about. We got a kegerator. That's right, a refrigerator built to hold a keg because why would you need anything else to jumble up the mess in there? Just make it for one thing, the most important thing, the beer. And also a, a keg as well. We're going to throw the beer in as well. Kegerator from Fred's Appliance, beer from uh, Great Burn Brewing. We're doing a giveaway over the next couple of weeks with you. It's going to start on Monday, a word of the day. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's football season, man. It's fall. You need a little something to, uh, you know, enjoy it with. This is a fun giveaway. We've done it a couple of times before. We're certainly happy to do it again. So make sure you're with us next week and uh, listening in. Give you the word of the day. You text that into us, and uh, and we'll get somebody a, a kegerator and a keg, and they will be very happy and loyal listeners for life. That's the deal. One at a time. You know, one 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 soul at a time. That's how we do it. Coulter, uh, Montana State lost to Sacramento State Saturday. Montana plays Sacramento State this Saturday. Um, I had a couple of different things that I wanted to go through with you on this, but I, the more I've been thinking about what we witnessed on Saturday, you know, we talk about recency bias a lot, and you don't want to be a prisoner of the moment and all that, and that's true. And also... I think sometimes you th see things and you go, oh, okay, the, like the truth at some extent was revealed. And I'm, I, I'm, I'm interested on this because I feel like I have, I've been having sort of an evolving perception of Montana State and their football team. And I've been pretty heavily influenced by what I saw on Saturday. But I'm wondering for you right now, what you saw Saturday, how much has your perception of Montana State changed from that coming out of that game? It's an interesting question because I was really thinking about the Cats as they are. And I think that I was thinking about the parallels between the Grizz and their struggles the last couple of years and Montana State and their incremental progress as a program, but also these this, this just this giant elephant in the room that they can't seem to, to get past and these glaring weaknesses. And I think that the one thing that's interesting is I've always been a guy that really likes the physical style of football. And I think there's way less of a margin for error. Let's say this again. You, you can make more mistakes by not putting yourself in a position to make a bunch of mistakes. That's what the Cats have been able to get by with the last couple of years. Like last year, they still had the same glaring weaknesses. They also just had the ace in the hole in Troy Anderson. And they also had this attitude of when your back's against the wall, fight your way out. And I think that's going to work in the Big Sky Conference more often than not. It's just a matter of how does it work when you play the best teams. And I think Montana State's been fortunate. 
but also they deserve a ton of credit for it. But they've been fortunate that Montana has not had that same attitude, and that's why the Montana State Bobcats have won the last three CAC years games. Point blank, period. It's it has been straight up a fist fight based on toughness, and Montana State's been tougher. That's it. And but I think you hit a ceiling, and you've talked about this for weeks, where you can't just fight your way out of the corner when you get to then playing teams that have equal talent that you have. And so I think that Saturday was very revelatory for the Cats because I really do think it put on display not only everybody knows what their weaknesses have been, but now Sac State showed how to exploit those weaknesses. And they showed that it's not just about toughness. You do have to have a uh, a level of execution. And the other thing that I think has been really fascinating to watch with the Cats is they've played four or five quarters where they look like a straight-up semifinal final team. Like they, I mean, make no mistake, the Cats' individual talent is is excellent. They have as good a talent as anybody in the league, as far as as, as certain spots. Place to play guy to guy, yeah. I mean, they they everybody in the FCS are going to have holes in your roster unless you're NDSU because that's just the way that the cycles of recruiting goes. But and the Cats have two at least on paper elite safeties. They have four, maybe even five elite defensive linemen. They have four, maybe even five elite offensive linemen. Who knew what, who knows what sort of production guys like Kevin Cassis and Travis Johnson would have if they didn't play in the system that they play? I mean, Kevin Cassis is really good. He just, and he's going to have end his career with a pretty good number of catches and touchdowns and all that stuff, despite being a guy that has not really gotten thrown the ball much because of their offense. But all that said, those four or five quarters have been offset by a team that has just played horrendously bad. And so much of it is not necessarily just your weaknesses. If you have weaknesses, which everybody has weaknesses, Montana right now, they, they have some weaknesses going into this matchup with Sac State. They're going to be fascinating to analyze as well. But you can mitigate your weaknesses a lot easier if you don't shoot yourself in the foot. And that's been the perplexing part about Montana State is they have this excellent high-level talent. And when they play their best, they are look nationally elite when they play their worst they're still good because they have really good players on both lines and that helps you along the way but when you're not when you're just straight hurting yourself when you're just doing things that you can control I mean, Jared Padmas is an excellent punter I'm not trying to throw Jared Padmas under the bus but he somehow has been mishandling snaps the last three weeks and maybe it's on the on the long snapper because they have a new long snapper who's not the same guy they've had for three years but it's little things like that. I mean, if you're the Cats and you want to run the ball and play defense, Jared Patmos's role punting has been one of their elite weapons, one of the most underrated weapons. I think he's allowed something like 2.5 yards per punt return during his career. You, you can't return punts against the Cats. Well, when the snap is botched and then all of a sudden you kick the ball out of bounds at the 50 like they did on Saturday, then they did it the week before, too. It's like Jeff Choate said, you have a six-yard punt, you might as well just throw a pick. I should have just gone for it. Sure. <laughs> you know? Right. I mean, if you're only getting net six yards, you might as well just go for it and roll the dice. It's a little things like that, but it's not even just that. It's the penalties. It's the misalignments. And that's the thing that's crazy. Like, what's happening with this team? Why are they doing this? Because year one, they didn't have the talent at all, but they fixed that sort of thing so much better, and, and that helped them maybe be overachieve. And now they have all this talent, and they're underachieving because of the way that they're shooting themselves in the foot. So I think that's the number one thing that they got to lock in. I think some of their weaknesses, you can't just go hit the waiver wire in the middle of the FCS season. You're not going to go get yourself a quarterback. You're not going to go get yourself a corner. You can get some guys back healthy maybe. 
But what it really comes down to is you need your dudes to be playing at their best. And that's the thing where I think Montana State's lacking, but also a place where they could have a lot of optimism. Because if you look across their roster, there's very few dudes that are playing their best version of football. There have been guys that have been solid and just fine, but there's very few guys that are playing their best version of football right now. And if you want to make a run of the league championship, you got to have probably a dozen, 15 guys that are playing the best football of their careers at that moment. Yeah, I I'm, I must say I, I am... When you look back, like when you, when you talk it through and you go, okay, well, Montana State's 5-1 and one heading into last week. And you go, okay, their best win is probably at Western Illinois. And Western Illinois is down, but a tough place to play. They go on the road to the Missouri Valley and get a win, get a big win. Okay? After that, they got Norfolk State. Before that, they had Southeast Missouri State at home. Both of those games they should run away with, and they did. Then you got Northern Arizona. Now, their second, their best their best space of play this season was in the second half of the Northern Arizona State game. But they they started that game in a huge, huge hole. And this is where you start where it starts to shift for me because when you're five and one, you go, Hey, not where you want to be, but what is it what matters how you started it matters how you finish. And they finished that game very strong and ended up winning handily over Northern Arizona. Now you sit back and you go, why Why were you down to that team to start with? Why was it so ugly to begin with? I mean, you, the pick six, okay, it's obvious, but they score, it was 28-7. to seven. And then, Well, that's the thing that Jeff Chode always says, too, though, is that it's the easiest position to scrutinize is the quarterback. This is the one where everybody's watching. Tucker Rovick's not been great. But you got Logan Jones is a fifth-year senior. He's fu- he fumbled in that Northern Arizona right. game. Jacque Allen misfields a punt. I mean, it's, it's not as if it's all on Tucker Rovick. Totally. They got dudes who are straight studs who are not performing like who, who made mistakes. Now, and again, they rallied and they came back and they 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 hammered Northern Arizona in the second half, and that was their best two quarters of football this season in that game. So give them credit for it. Then Cal Poly, they're up 28-7, and it falls apart. And you have the shake putt like you were talking about and a couple other things, and all of a sudden Cal Poly goes in, and then you go, well, they won in overtime. You know, they when they had to have it, they had it. That's great, but also after a loss, you go, why did you have to have it? Why didn't? Why couldn't you just finish that thing off when you were in the absolute driver's seat? And then Sacramento State comes, and Sacramento State is, look out, the actually best team you've played. In fact, Sacramento State is, is the only, what I would call, really good team that Montana State has played yet at the FCS level. And they got hammered by that team. Yes. And so the more that I think... When you take a look at the talent and you look at the, the, where they are capable of playing, this is a team that is a good team, a really good team, actually. Really talented team. Very talented team. But they are not a great team. And part of it is the the exposure of, of, of being required to be one-dimensional because you just simply can't throw the football in a way that matters. Okay, They threw the football for 262 yards. It didn't matter, and they had to do it. But the, the, the other part of it is is that they they sit here, and I understand that they're injured, okay? And that is a big deal. You're missing I Isaiah Fonse and Troy Anderson. That's the giant steps down. Oh, that's, the, that's the number one underrated factor yes, in this whole thing, is, no that, is that Troy Anderson is the best player in the league, and, he's, and he has two touchdowns and 18 tackles this year. Right. That's a far cry from 21 touchdowns that he scored last year no on doubt. the ground alone. Yes, and, and you're right. And, and listen, I... I recognize that for both of these guys. And you see it so much as a fan, too. My brother said this on the Big Sky Breakdown podcast. He said, when Troy Anderson's playing quarterback, 
love it, hate it, whatever you wherever you stand on it, it doesn't matter. When he's a photographer sitting in the back of the end zone, he's looking down the camera lens, and number 15's lined up at the back of, uh, right behind center. You're like, all right, get the finger ready. You yeah. never know what's going to happen. Yeah. This could be six. It doesn't matter. They're on the 99. They got 99 yards to go. This could be six. And that, say, that, that aura of, man, what are we going to do with 15? That doesn't exist right now. And I think that is a huge hit to the entire major. persona of the Bobcats. Major, major. But nonetheless, when they played the first really good team that they faced, they failed to test. Montana State did. And they 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 can and they will rally, I think. I mean, they got they got North Dakota, who is not as good as Sacramento State, but is still a good team, and they're on the road in that game. And a team that, because of the, the odd man front and the blitzing that they do, Montana State's gap schemes has just taken them apart. Even when Montana State was not great offensively. Yeah. I mean, they went to Grand Forks two years ago, and Chris Murray was, you know, uh, a very unproven, he never really was proven, but a very, very unproven green version of himself. And Troy Anderson was playing his second college game, and they hung 49 on him and wi- yeah. just wailed on him. I mean, no, n- you know, not to, uh, you know, spoil the, the preview here, but we will both be picking Montana State to beat North Dakota in a week from Saturday coming sure. off a bye. And then Southern Utah, North and then Colorado. Southern Utah, North Colorado. My point is, is that th- this is going to linger for a month because we're not going to know until. UC Davis, and who knows where UC Davis is even at at totally. that point, but at UC Davis, we, UC Davis is a good team, good. at least, totally. okay? That's going to be good a big, well big game, all of that. But the point is, is like, we're going to sit here and go, okay, you did it, you know, say they win, say they win, say they win. Even if they get out there to, you know, what would then what would then be seven, eight and two? And by the way, they're they're probably a playoff team, almost certainly at that point, almost regardless of what happens with yep. eight wins. Yep. Uh, there's still going to be major question marks to me about this team because of the things they have not been able to do. Now we'll see what the health situation is because it is it's a hugely different world when Isaiah Fonse is a full go and Troy Anderson is a full go. The problem is is that. Also, the way that they've used Troy Anderson has repeatedly made it such that he isn't a full go. And I totally. mean, he, he, it's it's his style. I understand that, and he's he's if I uh, he's too tough for his own good. It seems to me in some ways, like where he is always going to lower the shoulder and run people over. And by the way, <laughs> when he does, it is it is incomprehensible the force that he runs with i mean i have watched guys come up fill the hole and end up 180 degrees the other direction from where they were as nothing but pavement underneath troy anderson injured and it, it is as a fan watching it it is just astounding what he's capable of doing and yet it seems like and maybe part of it is stylistic every other time that he carries the football, he's got an ankle that is getting tweaked again. And, you know, if you come in with an ankle that's hurt and that, you know, it's the propensity for it to be re-hurt is just so so much higher. Anyway, all that to say that particularly without a quarterback, and I don't want to harp on it, but it was exposed in a way that it just hasn't been exposed before. And the defense, they couldn't step up and match what they had matched at times before to, to carry their their side of the, the, the thing for their team where you, you give up five consecutive touchdowns to Sacramento State. It just seems like this is going to be out there for a long time because they don't play another really good team for a month. Colt, there's something people may not know about us, but we work at a company. 
Imagine that. We don't just broadcast from our bedrooms. I mean, I've wanted to work from home, but the studio is here, and we also do sales things, and we also have a marketing department, and we also have a general manager and a program director. We are a very integrated unit here. We even have office telephones. The only voicemail you have that's not full. That is a fact, and it's not full because Blackfoot gives me enough space to have it all. And Blackfoot has all the things that we use for our business to make it run functionally. In fact, did you know that today's phone solutions are changing the way businesses operate? To communicate more effectively with colleagues and customers, companies are turning to hosted voice. You know what they call hosted voice solutions? VoIP. What is VoIP? Well, they're the hosted voice solutions that keep up with the business demands. And Blackfoot has their own hosted voice solution, or VoIP. It's called Ergo. Sounds elegant. Ergo certainly is elegant. It's also secure, scalable, and state-of-the-art with 24-7 local account management and support. If you're interested in learning how Ergo can support your business needs, visit goblackfoot.com slash voice to learn more. One more time, it's visit goblackfoot.com backslash voice. Blackfoot takes care of us, Coulter, and it can take care of you. The coaching staff deserves a ton of credit for the players having the sense of belief that the way that they won for five weeks in a row would continue, but I also thought it was very revealing that Jeff Choate said on Monday, he said, we got whipped on the line of scrimmage on both sides, and we didn't know how to react to that. It wasn't as easy as we thought it was going to be, was the line that he said. And I think that's interesting because it's not just the quarterback play. They rushed for 18 yards on 16 carries in the second half. That's not happened. No one has stifled Montana State's run game. So why? What's the issue? Why was Montana State's offensive line not playing with the physicality that they've played with for the last month and a half? What happened uh, just to the the identity of what this team has been? I got I have two questions for you. Yeah. My first question is on one hand, you'd say, okay, going into coming out of the Cal Poly game where you just scraped by in overtime and you play in the team that's going to physically beat you up more than any team in the league cuz of the triple option. The bye could have been some would say perfect right there before Sac State. But then I argued with my brother on the Big Sky Breakdown earlier today that I actually think it's better that it happened after the Sac State game because you got exposed, and now you have a bye to go address that. What's more perfect for the bye? Well, I I, I see both sides of it. The, I guess the question is, you know, Jeff Choate in his press conference talked about the self-scout, yes. and you, sometimes you don't have the opportunity to do that when you're just getting ready for the next game. My question is, would they have done that in the way that they're now going to do that without having the loss the way that they endured it happen to them? Because I think a bye heading into Sacramento State for Troy Anderson, for Isaiah Fonse, is obviously going to be nothing but helpful. And and if you can all of a sudden recognize and say, hey, we got to break some tendencies here or else they're going to come out and expose us then it would work hugely in Montana State's favor to have it ahead of the Sacramento State game. I'm not convinced that would have happened. I think sometimes you need somebody else to show you what exactly. you're doing wrong. Exactly. And and I think, I think you still come out of the bye. You, don't, you haven't really had to face your weaknesses full force. Yes. Having to face them now, you have to face them. Yes, you do. You, you 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 have to and and again I thought I thought I thought Jeff Choate was outstanding in terms of taking responsibility uh, for for those things totally. in both post game and in the press conference I thought I mean again I don't think people can appreciate I can't appreciate what it's like to be 
the face, the head coach, the responsible party for a football team where 20,000 people show up and are in the stadium, another 10,000 hanging out around the thing. You are what is going on today. And now we're announcing Kenny Chesney and an $18 million thing that 500 people plus have donated to. And and you want this, and you are the face of all this, and then you go out there, and you have your worst game of the season and get smoked by the only good team you've played. I mean, that is... It's embarrassing at a certain level. And look, on the outside, you go, man, it's football. It happens. Like, you win some games, you lose some games. Like, it's not that big a deal. But it is if you're the head coach, I think, and especially in that moment at homecoming and everything else. And it would be really easy to kind of circle the wagons and go, you know... It kind of protect the family, so to speak, and go out there and 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 kind of be on the offensive a little bit. Uh, Jeff Cho didn't take that. He 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 went out there and said, "Look, it's a bummer that this happened this day, especially. Wish it wish it wouldn't have took some of the shine off of it." Is I think the way he put it. And then he went through and, and said all that stuff. And I give him a ton of credit for that because that's not easy to do. I don't think anybody that isn't that guy, that isn't the head coach, can truly appreciate. The pressure that comes where it is your show that everybody is 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 looking at, and then we come on here and you know, easy for us to say, yeah, well, you know, it's your fault, it's your whatever it is, and then you know, be on our merry way. But but when you got to wear that and live with that, that's hard to do. We can argue about this part later, but it's not the only good team Montana State's played. It's the only elite team they've played. Yeah. Southeast Missouri State's likely going to be a playoff team, more because of the conference they play than any other thing, but they're likely going to be a playoff team. Cal Poly and NAU are both going to be in the mix to be a 500 or better team. Your point's taken, though. The only top 20 actually real you know, team that could win a game or two Southeast in the playoffs. Southeast Missouri? Southeast Missouri State. It's going to be a playoff team. I think so. They're in the Ohio Valley, bro. There's only two teams that are in the Ohio Valley can make the playoffs. Okay. Jacksonville State and Southeast Missouri State okay. will make it, or Jacksonville State, and that's it, will make it. That's okay. all. Okay. All I mean, right. Yeah. This is the FCS Fair in a enough. nutshell, man. Fair enough. Yep. Uh, but the other thing, the other question, I know we're up against it. No, we, we, got, we got a couple more. We months. talked about this last week, and I maybe two weeks ago, and I asked you about the, the habitual nature of knowing that you can rally when things don't go right. And that's Montana State. This is this the, these lulls where they just played just not good football at all for multiple minutes and sometimes even quarter and two quarters in a row. There's been so many times where they've done that. I mean, they were down 14-7 to Norfolk State. They were down. They were losing 24-21 to Wagner last year. Before they, I mean, they ended up boat racing them and beating them by 25 points. But it doesn't account for the lulls. But I wonder. It's impossible to determine why they're doing this because if they knew why, they would fix it. But I think that it's not necessarily the why you have to ask. I think it's the the habit of doing it. The more times you do things that are bad habits, the less you have to actually look in the mirror. That's, again, why I think this loss is actually good for Montana State going into their bye because they actually have to straight up look in the mirror. I, I agree with you. Look, there's no good – there's no why. There's no. There's no – write it down scientific quantifiable way to sit here and go well this is why you play bad you can look at the plays and go well you didn't do this and do that but assessing that on a team-wide scale and the way you know, this is the way it goes that's why football is football look montana against idaho state in their homecoming football game played their worst full 20 minutes of football to start that game and they were down 17 nothing 17 three whatever it was 17 nothing yeah and and it looked like 
the embarrassment that that it looked like what happened at Montana State for their homecoming was about to transpire in Missoula for their homecoming. And nobody remembers that because when that pendulum swung back, it was all over. And you know what? That's exactly what happened for Montana State against Northern Arizona. They already had that game there. My point in saying that is that every team, I mean, who's been who's played better, Stem Tuster in the University of Montana? In the Big Sky Conference, nobody. Okay, nobody has. They still have instances and times where they have played mediocre to flat-out bad football, and they got absolutely run for a space of time in a game. That happens. That's a reality. But your point is is very well taken. Look, man, call it what you want, club lacrosse. I understand. There's nothing like Division One college football. But my senior year, we could not start a game ahead. We gave up goal after goal after goal to start games that were always, always behind. And no, I probably 90% of the games that we played, even against teams that we crushed 22-4, we would be down 2 nothing. And we talked about it and addressed it. Looked, and there's no answer, man. Like, I don't have, there's no answer as to why. And this is the, this is what's happening in Montana State. The example right is so holistic, too, because if you look at all the games in the Jeff Choate era, there's been so many times when they've ripped out to great starts. And lost those games. Mm. Almost all their wins are comeback wins, and almost all their losses are blowing leads. <laughs> right. There's you, no real like back and forth. They're either down twenty two nothing in Missoula and they come rip roaring back mm-hmm. and win against the Grizz, or they're up fourteen seven against Cooper Cups, Eastern Washington Eagles, and then they lose forty one seventeen because the yeah. whole thing just gets turned on its head. It's it's just a fascinating dynamic, and you have to wonder how much of it is just part of just the the emotional, the mentality part of the game. I, I think it is. Look, for whatever reason, the game on Saturday, Montana State never felt up to me. The energy level that they were playing with never really crescendoed. Yes. Isn't that weird? It's so weird. And here's what I'm saying. I think that a lot of these games, they come into. And, and you were on the sidelines, too, so you were right I there. I was right there. I mean, I, I, watching the whole thing. And I think a lot of times I've seen Montana State they have they have this parabola of energy where they enter sometimes at you know not not at zero but not at a hundred by any stretch of the imagination but then you start hitting some people and you fall behind and you go we're not going to do this bleep 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 anymore and then you you know the eyes get wide and Bryce Turk is coming off the edge and Brayden Cockle is coming up his gut and and, and 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 it starts to you start to wear people out and they ne- it never happened. It never happened on Saturday, and I don't know what the explanation for that is. I mean, Sacramento, Sacramento State, give them a ton of credit. They're a really good football team. It's not like you can just go out and do it, but you can, in theory, right, you can control the energy that you've got, and it just didn't seem to be there. I mean, part of it, I think, was schematics. I just, I honestly thought that Troy Taylor was just one step ahead in the chess match against Kane Ione the entire yes, time. And I, no think, I think that that can get frustrating. I mean, when you're Bryce Sturk, the actual physicality of winning the one-on-one is is almost inevitable. You are going to beat the guy in front of you in terms of being able to toss him to the side. But when the ball's already out, go in the other direction. Then you're like, okay, well, that's gone. Yeah. I better start running this way. And yeah. It gets frustrating when you do it for 60 times in a, in a game. You no, know, no. I mean, it's like Stirk said that in the post-game press conference. He said, yeah, it's, it's pretty tiresome when I beat my guy and the ball's gone and then I got to go chase the receiver on the other side. Like, you know, you, you, the other part about college football is this is all about the most elite college football teams at all levels are the ones that can have the most sustained focus and effort. 
so many teams, even the best teams, have lulls. Because college football is so long. The games take so long. Yeah. And honestly, it's adults scheming up strategies to make kids make mistakes. That's the whole point of college football, basically, in terms of having success. Right. Being able to avoid those pitfalls, though, is, is so... That's if people ask what were so great about Bobby Houck's teams the first time around at Montana, and it was that sustained level of focus. It's not as if they didn't play poorly at times because they did a lot of times, but it was like the roller coaster that Montana Montana State is so crazy to watch this year because again their the their highs is straight up good enough to beat almost anybody in the country, but then their lows. Like, did you guys practice this week? What's What's going on? It, 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 the dichotomy is so perplexing. Yeah, yeah, it is. We've we've seen Montana have times this year where they weren't in a rhythm, where they weren't executing, but it wasn't like this crazy lull where they're just I mean, like that first twenty minutes against NAU. You couldn't have done any. You couldn't have hurt yourself more. From a pick six to a fumble to multiple penalties to lining up wrong. I mean, yeah. Everything. How? You know, how? Some of the stuff, it's like Choate says, I'm never going to get any on anybody for a penalty that has to do with aggressiveness. Like, if you crack back on a punt return and you get called for a block in the back, okay, you know, like, if it costs us a bigger turn, I'm probably going to yell at you, but I'm not going to tell you to play any different. But when you're getting illegal procedure penalties or your, your illegal motions and stuff like that, that's just stupid. Yeah. And you just can't do it, especially if you are a team that has glaring weaknesses that you're trying to, to hide. Well, that's the thing. That's the other thing is that, Defensively, Montana State is is pretty is loaded. I mean, there's there's good talent wise you can get. So then this is on Kane Ione and Jeff Cho to to have them ready to go and do what they need to do. That's the other thing is is you talk about the, just the the actual matchups between coordinators. This was the first time that Kane Ione had to go against. I mean, Troy Taylor's a first year head coach, but he is a veteran, veteran, veteran offensive play caller. Oh, yeah, and he's the play caller for Sac State. There's not OC that's doing it. Right. He's the one doing it. And did it for, oh, by the way, Utah before that. And oh, by the way, Eastern Washington before that. And that went pretty well for him. So he's he knows what he's doing. Yeah, pretty well. The most efficient passing offense in the history of college football. But offensively, is there an offense that's more versatile than the University of Montana's? I mean, I, I don't know that there is. You can you can run the quarterback. You can run the running back. You can throw it to the running back. You can throw it to the slot. You can throw it to the tight ends. You can throw it deep outside. You can throw the hook route. You can throw it to the flat. You can throw anywhere you want to go. You can do it any way you want to do it. If you're Montana State, you got one thing you can do. And I'm not even – and when I say one thing, I'm not simple. Like, they have – they're very versatile in their run game, but it's still the same. It's like Travis Johnson's going to come in and run the plus one thing. Probably going to hand it off five times, probably going to carry it ten. They're going to hand it off a few times to somebody, and then they're going to throw it a few times, and that's what they're going to do. And if that's not working, there isn't, there isn't a next thing to go to. There's not really a next thing to try. You can you can you can hide your you know disguise your offenses a little bit, but especially with Isaiah Fonse and Troy Anderson injured and or out, they it you can be multidimensional in the run game and should be and to an extent they are, but I don't see I don't see a lot of like sprint out, pitch it around the corner happening in Montana State. You know. Seems, I mean, this is a pretty basic thing. It's happened a couple times, but that's not even in the mix of what they do. It's always just coming straight out of the gun and all the different formations that they run, and there's a lot of them. What is actually happening is not that is not that different from one another, and I don't know if they got other stuff that they can do. Their offensive play design, their offensive alignments, all that stuff was way more diverse when they had 
quote-unquote, less traditional quarterbacks. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Good afternoon, Ryan Tutel, Colton Nuanas, 9 ESPN Sports Center. The Big Sky Conference continues putting five teams. Oh, did I bring you the wrong one? You did. Well, Let's find the other one. It's still I, good, though, because it is worth noting. The uh, top 25 has five teams in it from the Big Sky, including Sacramento State, who is at 15. They're in there they're for the first time since 2011. Impressive by the Big Sky. By the way, Eastern Washington could get in there. They could have six teams in there. How about some high school polls? Butte, in the midst of their best start to a football season in a generation, Bulldogs are 7-0. and And that was rewarded in this week's Treasure State Media Poll. For the first time this season, the Butte Bulldogs sit atop that Treasure State Media Poll. Uh, they are led by Tommy Malott, and they're off to their best start since 1991. They got 19 out of 28 first-place votes in that poll uh, to move ahead of Billings West for the first time this season. Missoula Sentinels, number three. Bozeman, number four. Oh, Capital, number five. In Class A, Hamilton received 11 of 22 first-place votes to remain number one. Miles City's the only Class A team undefeated through six games, and they're number two after receiving eight first-place votes. Dillon's third, Frenchtown fourth, Laurel fifth. And in Class B, Eureka earned a first-place vote, meaning Fairfield number one, but not unanimously for the first time this season. Eureka's two, Manhattan three, Red Lodge four, and Malta is five. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Aspen Sound. Hey, you want to do a wing it Wednesday? Want some wings to the Desperado? Give us a call. 329-1899. 329-1899, the phone number. You call us right now. Let's see if we can get you some wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern. It is Tutel and Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. We are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway and Missoula Highway 83 in Sealy. You're finding us on Twitter? Well, that's great. At Gus Tutel, that's me. At 1029 ESPN is the station, and at Skyline Sports MT for all your up-to-the-moment Big Sky Conference information. Also, SkylineSportsMT.com. And now, Instagram. Coulter, how about that? Instagram. The pictorial version of what we are as a radio show. 1029 ESPN. At 1029 ESPN is the uh, handle for Instagram there. Uh, Coulter, Jalen Ramsey traded to the... Los Angeles Rams from the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars get a first-round pick in 2020, 
a first-round pick in 2021 and a fourth-round pick in 2021 from the Los Angeles Rams. I think if you're the Rams and you're just in the Super Bowl and it's not going as well as you wanted, but you still obviously think that you got the group there to be a Super Bowl team, to, 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 to go for it. And Jared Goff is still on his rookie contract, perhaps for just this year, uh, and then and then you know negotiate from there, but you have another opportunity with a guy leading the team at the quarterback spot to be uh, uh, you know on his rookie deal, and you can spend money elsewhere. Jalen Ramsey, by the way, I'm not so sure Jalen Ramsey isn't still on his rookie deal and is going to have to get paid as well. So Goff isn't on his rookie deal. He just signed his extension this year. But nonetheless, they're still a young team with a young core, and Ramsey's on his rookie deal. I like the idea, though, of just going, we're going to figure out a way to make this happen, and we're going to go all in. And if we got to send guys away after that, then so, so be it. But it also seems precarious, man, to give up your next two first-round picks and a fourth-rounder for what that's worth to get a guy that certainly it seems like the Rams would expect to be trying to keep and sign long-term, but that doesn't have a long-term deal in place and is coming to you basically for this year. And then you got to find the money for anyways after that. And are they good enough to go, yeah, this is the team that we want to do this with, with a question mark in Todd Gurley from a health standpoint, with a still to me a a question mark about Jared Goff and where he's at in terms of the level of play that he's going to consistently bring you and a defense that has been uh, only okay. And everything he just said does not factor in the complete erosion of their offensive line. And that's why I don't know how much the Jalen Ramsey thing helps them because Todd Gurley's knee is officially arthritic and it's officially a concern. The Rams ran more play-action stuff than anybody in the league last year. If you don't have the threat of Todd Gurley, your offense becomes very pedestrian because it's a mechanism-based offense. What happened to the Rams' offensive line? Well, Roger Salford and John Sullivan, their two best interior guys, left. They replaced them with rookies. That, in turn, has put a ton of pressure on their tackles, one of whom is Andrew Whitworth, who is the oldest non-quarterback in the NFL. He's a Hall of Famer, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Andrew Whitworth is great. Yeah. He was phenomenal in Cincinnati. He's phenomenal in L.A. But he's 37. You're not getting any better offensive line. You can maintain as a quarterback, especially when teams invest in protecting you. But there's no there's no protecting you when you're playing left tackle in the NFL, especially in the NFC, or in the AFC West. Excuse me. I mean, we got Von Miller and all the freaks that the 49ers got. You know, I mean, it, it's just a tall task for for anybody to be able to handle. So I think that's the number one factor is this, their offensive line. But also they they had a star-laden roster, but a lot of those guys were, were big-name players that weren't necessarily big-time playmakers still. Like a kid to live used to be good. I don't think he's that good anymore. Yeah, Marcus Peters? Well, they he's on IR anyway, so. That's what I'm saying. Then they just shift Marcus Peters out of town. No more Dominican Sue, no more Alec Ogletree. They they have they have some holes for sure. But more than anything, it's just the fact that I think that everybody in the league kind of knows what the Rams are now. They know what Sean McVay wants to do. They have way more 
tape on the offense, we have more strategy on how to stop the offense. And I think that people, I think that teams around the league are reveling in beating them. I think so too. And I think here's what I think. I think they're, I think they're a good team. And I think when you're a good team, you should do everything in your power to win because Super Bowls are hard to come by. And they were just there, and and they certainly are one of the teams still in the NFC that has the capability to put it together and be there again at the end. And this move makes them better. I mean, Jalen Ramsey is one of the elite corners in the NFL and is going to help this team tremendously. And I think he probably, I think most guys, when they go to a new place, play with a certain renewed attitude, a renewed vigor uh, that maybe they lost at some point along the way, and especially when you had a falling out with the coach or whatever it was in Jacksonville. But that said, I think you're also setting yourself up for future, you're setting yourself up for a roller coaster. Not sustained success when you are giving up a ton of assets in order to get a guy right now. And you can look at it and say, well, you could only hope and pray that one of those first round draft picks became Jalen Ramsey. And that's true. That's a fair point. But also, Jalen Ramsey won't be this guy in 2028 which one of those draft picks might have been. And, oh, by the way, during that time, you would have gotten them on a rookie deal. And so the the it's 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 n- none of it's known, right? But it is you are giving up a lot of potential to get right now a very good known commodity. But also it's a melting block of ice, right? I mean, he he is only, first of all, we know for sure he's going to get a lot of money. Okay. Yep. So where is that coming from? But moreover, we know that Jalen Ramsey is in his prime right now. Maybe he gets even better in the next year or two, but I don't know how much better he could possibly get. And then at some point it's going to start to go the other direction. And by the way, he's going to be making a lot of money even at that time when it starts to go that way. And so then do you try and trade him again? Do you try and move him again? But the, what you are already going to have given up is never going to come back to you on the back end of it with this guy. Got to win now. It's the only way to operate in the NFL, in my opinion. Planning for a future is planning for a future that's never going to come. It's two tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. It's an open conversation. We'll see. The NFC West just got more interesting, though. No doubt about that. 329-1899. If you want to do some trivia, we'll do it with you right after this. Also, breaking news from one Brock Osweiler. 329-1899. Call right now. Colt, there's something people may not know about us, but we work at a company. Imagine that. We don't just broadcast from our bedrooms. I mean, I've wanted to work from home, but the studio is here, and we also have to do sales things, and we also have a marketing department, and we also have a general manager and a program director. We are a very integrated unit here. We even have office telephones. The only voicemail you have that's not full. That is a fact, and it's not full because Blackfoot gives me enough space to have it all. And Blackfoot has all the things that we use for our business to make it run functionally. In fact, did you know that today's phone solutions are changing the way businesses operate? To communicate more effectively with colleagues and customers, companies are turning to hosted voice. You know what they call hosted voice solutions? VoIP. What is VoIP? Well, they're the hosted voice solutions that keep up with the business demands. And Blackfoot has their own 
hosted voice solution, or VoIP. It's called Ergo. Sounds elegant. Ergo certainly is elegant. It's also secure, scalable, and state-of-the-art with 24-7 local account management and support. If you're interested in learning how Ergo can support your business needs, visit goblackfoot.com voice to learn more. One more time, it's visit goblackfoot.com backslash voice. Blackfoot takes care of us, Coulter, and it can take care of you. To tell and nuanes, listen to the podcast on the TuneIn Radio app or on iTunes, 1029ESPN.com. Comes, comes for all of us at some point, I guess is how to say it. It's 2 Tell New One is 1029 ESPN Radio, broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios, Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, and Highway 83 in Sealy online at KurtzPolaris.com. Uh, Coulter, officially, but it was something that's been unofficial maybe for the past, I don't know, six months or so. Well, it's maybe, maybe not quite that long, two months. Former Kalispell and Arizona State quarterback Brock Osweiler retiring from the NFL. Uh, Brock Osweiler played, of course, for the Denver Broncos, where he had the most success, went to the Houston Texans, didn't work out there, and then was at the Miami Dolphins this offseason, but did not make the team uh, after they had uh, brought in uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. No, yes, Ryan Fitzpatrick. They moved Ryan Tannehill, brought in Ryan Fitzpatrick. Who's now starting in Tennessee. Who is... Yeah, Tannehill's starting in Tennessee, and Fitzpatrick is now starting again in Miami. Who would you rather have, Marcus Mariota or Kirk Cousins? I'd rather have you. Me too. (laughs) And I'd never answer that to that question. Uh, But uh, Brock Osweiler uh, saying in a statement on uh, Nine News in Denver, Uh, The experience I did have, the people I did meet, relationships I did make, I'm not going to dwell on the things that didn't happen in my career. Being a kid from Kalispell, Montana, playing for the Denver Broncos, winning a Super Bowl, having the opportunity to sign a second contract. When you look back on it, I couldn't be more appreciative. It was great, end quote. So Brock Eisler, uh, 28 years old, retiring from the NFL. And, uh, you know, the decisions we make is an interesting one. The fork in the road where... He was offered far more money from the Houston Texans to play in Houston, but was, but clearly, especially in retrospect, left a much better situation for him in Denver. Yeah, a better team where he could have been more successful. Besides the money, he went to the worst situation he could have gone to. Right, with a coach who didn't want him to be there, and, and then the, hated him outwardly the entire yes. time he was there. I mean, it was it was built to be a disaster in Houston. Now, I don't think anybody's ever going to fault anybody for going for, you know, $75 million. By the way, didn't he go to Cleveland as well? Cleveland was He did for a hot minute, yeah. Um, but anyway, nobody's going to fault uh, him to go there for $75 million and, you know, sit there and take that money and, and, uh, and you know, and give it a run and be the guy, you know, be the, be the franchise quarterback. Would Brock Osweiler have been a great quarterback in Denver had he stayed? Hmm. Question mark, question mark about it. He would have 
had a better, a much better opportunity to be good, and maybe he's still playing now. You know, if 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 that had worked out in some way for him, but uh, nonetheless, I mean, he he was, uh, you know, a major player on the landscape of quarterbacks in the NFL for a couple of years, and uh, and you know, at the end of the day, not a successful career from a quarterbacks in the NFL standpoint but a very successful career in terms of being retired at 28 and being able to do pretty much whatever you want now with the rest of your life. Told this story on the show twice, but I'll tell it one last time now that Brock Osweiler's career is over. Taz, former Montana State head men's basketball coach Brian Fish used to say, boys, when I retire, if ever there's a line that appears once upon a time signed a $75 million contract, I don't care what else you say about me. (laughs) That's right. It's a done deal. Brock Osweiler went from Kalispell, Montana, straight to the bank. There's so many different ways of judging a career and what it meant and what it was and how successful it was. At the end of the day, the kid came from Flathead High School, where I don't even think they made the playoffs his senior year, to go to Arizona State to play for Dennis Erickson, becomes a second-round draft pick, and signs a fat contract. At the end of the day, you can scrutinize them all you want. Brock Osweiler's having a pretty good day today and probably a pretty good day every day for the rest of his life. Can do worse. You can do worse. Stu Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. It is a Wednesday. Hour number one coming to a close. Hour number two straight ahead. Our uh, ESPN roundtable with Andy Thompson coming up. And a uh, wing it Wednesday. You want to do that? Give us a call, 329-1899. I got questions for you about undefeated football teams. Undefeated football teams. At the various levels. So if you if you know a little something about that, give us a call. 329-1899. We'll give some wings away, and we will do our roundtable with uh, Sacramento State defensive coordinator and former Grizz Andy Thompson right after this. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz Athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 